Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hour number two, Indiana Sports Talk Network, Indiana. I'm Derek Schultz. Graham Shear on the ones and twos tonight. And we got Eddie Garrison with a full bill on the Sports Update desk. Thank you, Derek. It's a pleasure to be with you and Graham Shear tonight in downtown Indianapolis. It's the first day, or well, the first game, I should say, for the United States women's national team and the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup. The World Cup started yesterday. USA is up 2-0 at halftime over Vietnam. Uh, both Goals have come from Sophia Smith. She scored in the 14th minute and then again at the 45th minute for Team USA. Their next game will be on Wednesday against the Netherlands. And Major League Baseball right now out in Cincinnati. Reds are leading the Diamondbacks 9-6, to but the Diamondbacks are threatening right now. There are two outs. It's in the top of the eighth inning. Gabriel Moreno is at the dish with runners on first and second. Well, let's back up a little, a couple innings before that. The reason why the Reds are leading 9-6 to six as they go to the bottom of the eighth. Now, they put up a five-run bottom of the fifth inning, and most of those runs coming on one swing. In the air to right, McCarthy back. Gone! Grand slam! Reds rookie Matt McClain with his first career grand slam that capped the five-run inning for the Cincinnati Reds in the bottom of the fifth. Ben Lively got the start for Cincinnati. He went four and two-thirds, struck out six Diamondback hitters, and gave up three runs. Offensively for the Reds, Matt McClain has two hits. He's drove in four. Spencer Steer, who had struggled as of recently, he was three of his last 40, hadn't had an RBI since July 4th. He has three tonight in a pair of hits. Jonathan India with a pair of hits as well. They're going into the bottom of the eighth out in Cincinnati with a 9-6 to six advantage. Philadelphia Phillies and the Cleveland Guardians to the top of the ninth inning out at Progressive Field. Guardians leading this one 6-5. to five. Emmanuel Classe on the mound and he retires Bryce Harper to lead off the top of the ninth inning. Offensively for Cleveland, Jose Ramirez, he had four hits. He scored twice. Josh Naylor and Josh Bell. Ahmed Rosario and Stephen Kwan all with RBIs for the Guardians as they lead 6-5, one out into the top of the ninth inning. The Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals played earlier today. This was an afternoon tilt. Game two of the four-game series. Chicago wins it 4-3. Evens this series up at a game apiece, and St. Louis currently leads the series on the season, four games to three. In this game, though, Cody Bellinger, he went deep. He hit a two-run home run in the bottom of the third inning. Mike Talkman 
hit a uh, double that scored as well. All runs scored for Chicago in the bottom of the fourth inning. Justin Steele, he went six in the third, picked up his tenth win, leading the Cubs in that statistical category. He struck out nine Cardinals hitters. That ended the Cardinals' six-game winning streak, and the Cubs are now 46-51. and St. Louis is 44-54. and Going final minutes before the show started, the San Diego Padres and the Detroit Tigers, a late, valiant effort from the Tigers. They scored four runs between the 5th, 6th, and 7th after being down 5 to nothing, but they lose 5-4 to four in large part due to Juan Soto. He hit two hits today, both home runs. He drove in three. Jake Cronenworth drove in the other two for San Diego. Reese Olsen got the start for Detroit. He went five innings, gave up all five runs. He struck out five. Riley Green had a two-run home run, and Zach McKinstry had a solo home run. Those were three of the four runs driven in. For Detroit, who is now 44 and 53, San Diego is 47 and 51. At minor league baseball, the South Bend Cubs and the West Michigan Whitecaps have gone final. 7-1 win for the Cubs. They put three runs up in the bottom of the eighth inning, just as a little bit of an insurance. The only run for West Michigan came at the top of the sixth. Overall on the season, the Cubs are now 38 and 49, and the Whitecaps are now 42 and 45. Lake County captains they shut out the Fort Wayne Ten Caps today, nine to nothing. Only five hits offensively for the 10 caps so they struggled in that category five of those nine runs for the captains were scored in the top of the eighth the 10 caps are now 45 and 43 the captains are 41 and 46 and the iowa cubs currently lead the indianapolis indians five to four thanks eddie garrison for a great update five minutes it's a long time to go that's a long long update thanks to eddie thanks to graham Shear. thanks to you for joining us tonight hour number two Indiana Sports Talk here on Network Indiana. I'm your host, Derek Schultz, filling in for the Hall of Famer in Coach Bob Lovell. We've been talking Colts. Destin Adams is going to join us about 10 minutes from now to talk a little bit more on that topic. Um, something else that happened this week besides the uh, all the running back talk was the Colts revealing their alternate uniforms for this year. Um they're not made for me so i'm 40 so they're they're not trying to get me to buy the jersey at least i don't think so i think they want like 15 to 25 year olds to really like it but before i kind of gave my old guy take i i was trying to look around to see okay like these are pretty blah to me, but let me look around. Let me see if I'm wrong. I, I'm, I'm willing to be convinced that I'm wrong here. And really what I saw was um, I, I wasn't convinced either way because people either <laughs> really loved them or really hated them. I was kind of indifferent to them. Like, I, I didn't think they were terrible. I just, they just didn't really do anything for me. Uh, they look to me like Duke's uniforms. Uh, Duke also has the white stripes on the blue and they wear the black helmets. So I I think if it were me, and I'm not a designer, I've watched a lot of Project Runway with my wife. Um, I'm not a designer though, but if it were me, I I think I would have gone black pants. And I I know maybe that would look weird with the blue jersey, but I think anything was better. It it looks almost like a, it's a color rush with a black helmet. It it just wasn't very exciting to me. 
Um, also, and this is pop- probably an unpopular opinion, and this goes back to me being older now, the black helmet thing, just going going black in the color schemes to me is is just kind of played out. Like, oh man, night mode jerseys, activate. Like, eh, okay. Like, everyone's done that now. All the college teams have done that now. Um, and I also don't really love when teams go outside of their primary colors. The problem for the Colts is that they have this beautiful, classic, iconic look. You know, the, the Colts have one of the cleanest, most iconic NFL uniforms, probably in the top five. You know, when you think of those, the, the truly iconic uniforms of the NFL, I think you put the Colts right up there with Dallas and Green Bay and the Steelers and, and the Bears and the Niners and, and all these teams that really haven't changed very much because they're clean and they work. Like the Jaguars have had to change a bunch. The Titans have had to change a bunch because their their color scheme and their jerseys stink. <laughs> so you keep having to change it up. Like there, there's nothing, there's no history there. There's no prestige with those franchises. These, these other franchises, they have prestige. They have history. And they have stuff like that to fall back on. So I, I do, in defense of the Colts, I think it's very difficult when... You have an iconic jersey, and you're asked to change it up big time because somebody like me is going to be upset no matter what you do. Colts could have done the most amazing alternate uniforms ever, and somebody be complaining about it because they're not the uniforms that they usually do. But just me, I I just thought it was a little... I thought it was a little plain. My favorite that they actually ever did for like a, a throwback or a, an alternate or whatever you want to call it was back at the in the peak of the Peyton Manning era, they played the Lions on Thanksgiving. I, I want to say it was 04. I, I think it was the year that Manning threw 49 touchdowns and, and broke the then record, Marino's record. Um, and I'm not sure the Colts did much with the uniforms themselves, but they they wore the uh, the helmets that are just white, and they have the horseshoes in the back. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Uh, look it up. If you if you don't remember or you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. And I, I always thought that those are the best uniforms that they wore. And they had the bucking uh, Colt logo from the Baltimore days, like the 50s, I think. And that's what I would roll with. Like that that's what I would when thinking about the alternate uniforms, that's what I would channel. Like that energy. Cause I really like that. I like what the Lions usually do with their stuff too. And they've got a similar color scheme except it's silver instead of white. But again, in defense of the Colts, no matter what you do, people are gonna complain, like me. Makes for fodder on Sports Talk Radio in July. We'll get Destin's take. He got a new job. And we'll get his take on the new jerseys next. It's Indiana Sports Talk Network, Indiana. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates. I'm at a Garrison NTT IndyCar Series in action again this weekend. They're in Iowa for two races, the Honda 
or the Hy-Vee Home Front 250 and the Hy-Vee One Step 250. The Home Front 250 will be on Saturday and the One Step will be on Sunday. Practice results today from Iowa Speedway. Joseph Newgarden topped the speed charts. He had 176.428 miles per hour. Scott McLaughlin second, Marcus Erickson third, Colton Horta heard a fourth. Pato Award fifth, Takuma Sato was sixth. And if you're asking, where was Alex Pillow in practice today? Well, that would be 15th. So by his standards, a disappointing day on the practice sort of things. I mean, he won three of four races. And then Christian Lungar got his first career victory last week, won three consecutive, but he's still on top of the standings by a wide margin. I believe it's 103 points over Joseph Newgarden who is right there in the thick of things, and he is a candidate this weekend to win on an oval. Colts news today, Al Qadeen Muhammad. He spent four seasons with the Indianapolis Colts from 2018 to 2021. According to ESPN's NFL insider Adam Schefter, he is returning to Indianapolis on a one-year deal. In his career, through six years, he has 12 sacks. Half of those came in his final year with the Indianapolis Colts in 2021, and then he signed with the Chicago Bears last season played in 16 games only sacking the opposing quarterback once for network indiana sports i'm eddie garrison welcome back indiana sports talk network indiana i'm Derek schultz we had mentioned earlier the debut of Lionel messi and uh he scored off a set piece to win the game quite a moment uh crowd went absolutely bananas in miami as they win 2-1 in his debut so is this a thing is this not a thing uh, at least for one night uh it's definitely a thing and sports are cool sometimes sometimes things actually live up to the hype uh we'll see if anthony richardson lives up to the hype training camp starts on wednesday and on to talk about that it's been a big week for my next guest he has a new gig to talk about, and we're just days away from a brand new Colts season. He's Destin Adams, the new Colts beat writer for A to Z Sports, but has been covering the team now for several seasons, and he joins us on Indiana Sports Talk. Congrats, man, on the new gig. Excited for you. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Um, like you said, I've been covering the team for quite some time, but excited to do it in a full-time status. Uh, excited to hit the floor running on Monday. Yeah, well, it, it's exciting, and I know a lot, I saw all the reaction on Twitter and elsewhere, and it, it had to feel pretty good that that people have really been following from day one for you, and and you've built this thing up, and now to get to do it full time, uh, I'm excited for you. It's going to be a lot of fun, and and it looks like a, a fun upcoming season. But you know, the second biggest news of the week before we even get to Anthony Richardson in camp is, oh my God, Destin, did you like the Colts uniforms? Did you hate the Colts uniforms? What do you think? <laughs> I mean, you gotta love when people drop these kind of things in July, right? Sure. Um, because if you if you drop this in late May or um, late early May, late April, um, you're not getting as much opinions on this because there's so many other storylines. So I'll never understand why you choose to do this kind of thing in the dead period of mid July when anything you put out is going to get scrutinized either positive or negatively. Um, but yeah, so the talk of the town right now is the Colts jerseys. Um, I was listening to you rip them a new one um, before I got to come <laughs> on. Uh, but I, I will say, I agree with you that I think if the pants were black, I think it would have just looked better. 
um, and a little bit cleaner. Um, but overall, I like the concept of just being new and innovative. So being the first heathered uniforms in the NFL's history, um, I'm really interested to see that. I'm really interested to feel it. I don't know if that's a weird opinion to have, <laughs> but I'm just really curious what a heathered jersey feels like. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could – even picture it right uh it'll be interesting to see it's just you're right it's one of those things that regardless of what you do you know darn if you do darn if you don't i just part of me feels for the colts or the niners or anybody that kind of tries to do this you know the the jaguars do this and who cares their uniforms suck as they are you know what i mean like the titans who cares um the jets do it who cares but like if the niners do it or the the cowboys do it or the, the Colts do it, then I think you open yourself up more to criticism because their iconic uniforms are so beloved by everybody. Oh, yeah. So it's just a little bit tougher. But, yeah, I the black helmets to me a little bit played out, but fine. They, they gave it – we'll see how it looks on the fields. You know, sometimes I've seen some of these uniforms, um, not just with the Indiana teams, but sometimes you see them out on the field or out on the court, and you're like, wow, these actually – like I remember when the Pacers revealed their um, – the ones that they're wearing now, and and I thought originally like, oh, like wh- what? These aren't going to work at all. And then you see them out on the court, and you're like, oh, yeah, this actually looks really good. I, I kind of like this. Um, let's get to the actual football stuff. The other big stuff happening this week or – at least the discussion this week was all of the running back contract talk. It kind of started with this Matt Miller tweet that sort of blew up about uh, the approach being, hey, draft somebody, run him into the ground, tag him once, ditch him, draft somebody else. And I I felt in a way bad for Matt because I think he was just explaining (laughs) what the mindset is a lot of these teams, even if they don't come out and say it. But, you know, obviously Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, a couple of people, uh, a couple of running backs chiming in on that. What's been kind of your take Destin on on all of this the running back value discussion that we've had over the last five six days yeah I mean I I do feel like the running back market as a whole has just kind of been on this downward spiral in the last few seasons and I just feel like this year there was just a dramatic plummet instead of this slight decrease that we've seen over the past few years Um, like you said I feel for Matt I'm just putting out an opinion thing of what was kind of going on and every NFL running back decided to pile in on the guy. So then all those fan bases had to get in on him too. But uh, I think that's just the state where we're at. Now, I do think the interesting thing about it is I do think it's going to still be a team-by-team basis because I do think there are situations where paying the running back will make sense where, like for the Colts, for example, you're just now getting on a five-year rookie contract for a quarterback. Um, You're not going to be paying that big top money like a Chiefs or a Bengals with Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. Um, So you have extra money to be able to spend on someone like Jonathan Taylor, where if you give him a four-year deal, the time that contract is up, Anthony Richardson is just now about to get paid if this contract works out, if this rookie quarterback works out, obviously. So I do think the Colt situation is a little bit different, but I think as a whole, that is where the normal part of the league is right now. If you had a magic wand and could wave it, what's the solution here? I, I think the only really measure that matters is doing something with the franchise tag, either not letting teams tag running backs or, or only allowing them to be tagged once, I guess, but that's kind of the way that it goes for the most part now. Yeah, I mean, the franchise tag to me, I've just never understood, like, for any position. Um, it just, it, it's really screwing running backs right now, obviously, but um, I think the best solution that I've seen, so I don't want to take credit for it, but I've just seen it kind of circling around with people. Um, I really like the idea of 
first round contract kind of being a little bit different um, by position, trying to make it to where a running back instead of having that five year situation of a running back gets taken in the first round, maybe it's a three year situation mm-hmm. where they're getting a little bit closer to when they can get a payday. Because after a team's gotten five years out of a player, for example, I mean, Bijan Robinson just got taken in the first round. So the Falcons basically, if they want to keep him, um, have him for five seasons because of that fifth year option. So if you do those kind of things, I think it just makes it a little bit harder to imagine those teams getting that payday that they would want for those running backs. Um, so I think if you cut that down to like three years, we at least are getting guys closer to that second contract. Dustin Adams, longtime Colts writer, now with A to Z Sports, joins us here on Network Indiana. It's Indiana Sports Talk. What's your concern level here as we enter camp with Shaquille Leonard and, and his outlook for this season, Dustin? Man, I mean, anybody you ask about this that's close to the situation is tight-lipped. Like, I feel like people are tighter-lipped about this in the Colts building than when I was asking about the quarterback they were going to select, which was also pretty tight-lipped at times. So um, the Shaquille Leonard situation is a weird one. Um, it was really pleasant to see him posting the running video this past week. I know a lot of people don't put a lot of weight into – summer workout videos that players post, but seeing him run um, is a good sign from where that ankle was last year, where he really didn't feel like that was something he could do with confidence. So um, we're going to see what it looks like coming into camp. Um, We should see here soon. We've been seeing teams announce some players that are going on the pup early, um, which that early pup you can come off of during training camp. Uh, I'll be curious to see if the Colts elect to play Shaquille on that list, Um, but that, that news should be coming here soon. Think he'll ever be the same player again? Uh, is it unreasonable to think that he'll get to that level again, or, or do you are you optimistic that that could happen? Man, he's such an interesting player, right? Like mm-hmm. he, he's not the off-ball linebacker that we've seen with the Fred Warner, who um, is very coverage-based. Like it's like even last year, we see him come in for a game, gets hurt in that game, but forces a turnover in the first what fifteen snaps, um, like. The skill that he has there, it's hard for me to envision that just going away, even if athleticism-wise this injury hinders him and he's not able to get back to that level of player. Um, I still think Shaquille Leonard at 80%, 70% is a difference maker. Um, It just may not be the best linebacker in the NFL conversation that I think people were having with him before if he's not able to get to that level of 100% athleticism again. You have a couple minutes to stick around, Dustin? Oh, for sure. We'll come back with a a commercial break and more with Destin Adams as we talk Colts training camp storylines. We'll go over to the offense. And, of course, we got to ask about Anthony Richardson at some point with Destin. He's the new beat writer, literally just a couple of days in to his gig with A to Z Sports. And we're talking more Colts with Destin next here on Indiana Sports Talk Network. Indiana, stick around. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates... I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's do a recap of some of the minor league baseball games that are going on right now and that have concluded the Iowa Cubs and the Indianapolis Indians. They're in the middle of the seventh inning. This is out in Iowa, all tied up at five apiece. It's a pretty interesting box score when you look at it because Iowa scored first. They scored two in the bottom of the first. Indiana, Indianapolis answered with one. Iowa scored two in the bottom of the third. The, the Indians answered with three in the top of the fourth. And then the Cubs scored one in the bottom of the fifth. And the Tribe answered again in the top of the sixth inning. So it's a pretty pretty cool to look at. It's like playing checkers almost. 5-5, five, five, though, as they go to the bottom of the fifth from Iowa. The South Bend Cubs and the Fort Wayne Tidcaps both played in the air. Both games have gone final. The Cubs... 
defeat the West Michigan Whitecaps today 7-1. to one. They got three runs in the bottom of the eighth. That was just insurance to make it a six-run margin of victory. All the other runs, one run in the second, two runs in the third, another run in the seventh inning. The only run for West Michigan came at the top of the sixth inning. Four hits in total for the Whitecaps offense. So the South Wing Cubs pitching staff did a solid job. We'll look at the lowdown for Brendan King, I assume, later tonight. 38-49 is the overall record for the Cubs on the season. The Fort Wayne Tin Caps, they struggled offensively, only five hits, and they did not score. The pitching staff did not do a solid job either. They give up nine runs in their nine to nothing loss. Five of those runs, though, came in the top of the eighth inning. The Tin Caps are still above 500, though, overall in the season. They are 45 and 43. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Rolling right along here on Network Indiana. It's Indiana Sports Talk filling in for Bob Level. I'm Derek Schultz. And we're rejoined by Destin Adams, Colts beat writer for A to Z Sports. Colts open up camp in Westfield at Grand Park coming up here on Wednesday. Uh, Another question that I had defensively, we were just talking about Shaquille Leonard, uh, Destin, is what the Colts are going to do at cornerback if they're going to add a body there um obviously it's been an interesting offseason they they trade Stephon Gilmore and then the Isaiah Rogers situation happens and turns into a suspension which turns into a release and and now all you have is Dallas Flowers and Kenny Moore with any sort of real NFL experience at cornerback even though I, I know they've got a couple of guys that they like back there in the defensive backfield notably Juju Brents yeah, I mean, every storyline that the Colts have been able to have in the cornerback room um, this offseason has not been uh, where they'd want it. It's on the negative side for sure. Um, Isaiah Rogers, Sr., obviously no longer with the team after his circumstances. Um, and like you said, Kenny Moore and Dallas Flowers, the only corners that are going to have any starting experience when the season gets rolling. Um, everything I've heard about these three rookie corners, though, Juju Brents, Darius Rush, and Jalen Jones, um, I- I've heard that all- they like all three. I've heard they have seen some really good stuff from all three, whether that was at rookie minicamp um, where Darius Rush and Jalen Jones were able to participate um, or Juju Brents where they were able to scout him enough to draft him in the second round like they did. Um, so I think they really like those three. Um, I just don't think they envisioned having to play all three of them in consistent roles this early. And unless they add another body, that, that's where they're sitting um, because Juju Brins is likely a starter on the outside right now. Um, Darius Rush is somebody I think that whether he was a fifth-round pick, I think they had a higher grade on him from everything I've been told. Um, so he's a guy that if he impresses, could play very early. And then you have a seventh-rounder in Jalen Jones who was a very, very productive college player um, in the SEC of all conferences. So that's not your normal seventh-round pick. So I think you're in a situation where a seventh-round pick has a better chance of getting rotational snaps than he does of being cut at the moment because of the cornerback room, which is not something you can usually say. So um, they do have one empty roster spot after both of the players earlier this season for were released after the gambling violations. Um, were made. So after the signing of Al-Qadim Muhammad today, they still have one other roster spot. So um, I'm curious to see if they use that at corner. Um, but they also are pretty thin in other places, Derek, with the right guard spot yep. being another one that I thought they were going to add somebody at. Who are you most excited to see in camp? And, and is it one of the players that you just mentioned there in, in Brents or Rush or one of the corners? Yeah, I mean, I think the easy answer is going to be Anthony Richardson um, being the guy sure. you're most excited to see. Um, Corner-wise, I mean, 
I think Darius Rush is the guy that when I saw his tape in college and when I was doing my personal scouting, um, his level of athleticism on the outside, like I just think he's going to be a ton of fun. I even think he has the higher ceiling of those rookie corners that were drafted, um, even though Juju Brents was taken in the second round, and I think he probably is a higher impact player day one. Um, I think Darius Rush, actually, with the skill set he has, has a higher ceiling as a corner in this league. What do you see? You just mentioned it and took the words kind of out of my mouth about what's going to happen uh, with the Colts at right guard. How do you see that situation playing out? And and is there a chance that maybe the the guy that starts for them, I don't know, is not on the roster? Maybe he's a late add after uh, cutdowns in a couple of weeks. Yeah, in the Chris Ballard era, the Colts have been very active after cutdowns. Uh, we've seen multiple guys make the initial 53 and then get released for somebody um, because of waivers multiple times over the last few years. We got Kenny Moore to the Colts that way even. So I would never rule out the Colts being active in that market. But, I mean, as you're looking at it now, your Will Fries is probably the likely starter mm-hmm. of the guys that are there. Um, Emil Ikior as an undrafted free agent, indie native kid. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see. We have, They didn't get to see him at rookie minicamp um, because of one of the reasons he um, fell down boards and ended up being undrafted even was for just a little bit of a late medical concern that came up as a flag. So wasn't able to participate in rookie minicamp, but I think they're excited to see what they have there. But Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. There's some solid starters that are still on the market, really. I mean, Dalton Reisner still being available at right guard um, would be really intriguing to me. Um, and with that one roster spot left open, like I would be interested to see. But when you're a free agent at this stage, a lot of those guys like to wait and see if injuries happen during training camp preseason um, just so they can kind of leverage a contract any way they can. Last thing here, Destin, and we really appreciate your time tonight here on Indiana Sports Talk. I don't actually think that the number total matters for wins this year, but can you give me like a range that you think where the Colts are going to end up? Because I'm one of those people that I I just don't think that this is going to be like a a truly bad football team this year. I I think last year was a truly bad football team, and that was a team that really should have won six games, if not for the collapse in Minnesota and fourth and 20 against Houston. That that would have been a 6-10 and one football team. So how do you see things playing out this year, even if it's not pie in the sky, like contending for a playoff berth? Um, and do you agree with me that you don't see this being like a bottom barrel type NFL team? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine this team being worse than last year. I mean, there's definitely spots where they're thinner, but the offense last year was non-existent the second half of the year. Like, they couldn't move the ball. So to think that you're worse than that, even if – Gardner Minshew is starting for time being. Um, I, I just can't see that happening. So I, I, even if it's not wins, I guess, um, I think the Colts are going to be more enjoyable to watch, which I think does matter to fans. And when you're in a rookie season with a quarterback, I mean, it's hard to win in the NFL, especially for rookie quarterbacks. I mean, Andrew Luck was an anomaly coming in and winning 11 games like he did. But even in good rookie seasons by quarterbacks, we don't usually see that renounce to wins. 
So I don't think it needs to be a super big concern where that win total is at the end. But I think I agree with you. I think they're closer to being a six, seven, maybe eight win team than they are from being a below four win team at like this past year. He's a great follow at the Destin Adams on Twitter. A to Z Sports is his new home and also will be covering uh, the other AFC South teams as well on a secondary basis. So you can, it's kind of a one stop shop uh, on Destin's Twitter feed and everything else. And I'm assuming in some form a a podcast is going to return as well. I don't want you to tip your hand here too much. Oh, no, you're good. I mean, definitely we'll be on the horizon. Um, I I like to talk too much, Derek. You know this. So um, I'll, I'll have to find an outlet to do it somewhere, but. Um, well, like I said, I'm going to hit the road running here on Monday on my first day with A to Z, and we're going to get all those I's dotted and those T's crossed, and you guys are going to be hearing my voice one way or another. Can't wait for it, man. It's going to be a great season, and there's going to be a, a heck of a lot to talk about, not only up in Westfield, but over at West 56th Street, and looking forward to your work with A to Z Sports. Thanks so much, Destin. Have a great weekend. Thanks. It's our buddy Destin Adams, and yeah, there is uh, a lot happening on that end when it comes to the Colts for every team really for the new season it's uh hope springs eternal right and you're coming off just a disastrous 2022 that no one ever wants to talk about much less think about and so that alone is a win to me the Colts could go out there and go five and twelve well, I guess it would be an improvement from last year, right? But, you know, 5-12 and 12 season is, good, you know, not a season to write home about, right? It can't possibly be as bad as last season. It just can't. Can't be. They could have a worse record, and it couldn't be as bad as last season. The awkward Jeff Saturday press conference where Jim Irsay got all angry and Chris Bauer got all defensive the incompetence that we saw in the second half of the season, the embarrassment in Minnesota, the embarrassment in Dallas, the embarrassment at home to Houston. It was a lot of just getting embarrassed. God, the embarrassment in Jacksonville. (laughs) Week two. Doesn't that feel like Asian history? I'd forgotten about that. I'd forgotten about them getting pantsed in Jacksonville. Oh, God, it was an awful year. Awful. But they're going to bounce back. It, the The road is, uh, I guess I should say, the arrow is pointing up now for the Colts and hopefully pointing up for Anthony Richardson as well. Got more Colts discussion still to come. And we'll re-rack the big headlines of the day when we return. It's Indiana Sports Talk, Network Indiana. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Earlier today, Bryce Young signed his rookie contract four years all guaranteed, of course, and according to CBS 4 and Fox 59's Mike Chapel here locally in Indianapolis, he expects the Colts and Anthony Richardson to come to an agreement soon. He says they are in line for a guaranteed contract just under $34 million with $21 million guaranteed at a signing bonus. So that's good news on the side of things for the Indianapolis Colts because training camp 
starts next week. Players report on Tuesday. Training camp practice will start on Wednesday from the Grand Park Sports Campus in Westfield, Indiana. Additionally, according to ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter, they're bringing back a familiar name in that defensive line room, al Qadeen Muhammad. He spent four seasons with the Indianapolis Colts, the most recent season coming in 2021. Last year, he was with the Chicago Bears. He played 16 games and only registered one sack. He does have a streak of four consecutive seasons of forcing a fumble. Turning it back now to Major League Baseball, it has gone final in Minnesota. The Twins slug four home runs and their 9-4 win over the Chicago White Sox. Alex Kirilov, Byron Buxton, Ryan Jeffers hit the home runs. Buxton hit two, Ryan Jeffers hit one, and Alex Kirilov hit one as well. Lance Lynn goes six and two-thirds. He gives up six runs. His ERA now 6.18. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Great stuff from Dustin Adams. We appreciate him joining the show. I think what's been really neat to see, and this isn't a new trend, but I'd say certainly over the last 10 years or so, um, and and it's it started maybe around 10 years ago, but it's exploded more over the last five or six with YouTube just continuing to grow and prosper that you don't really need to follow the traditional way to get yourself out there if you want to be involved in sports media. Like when, when I graduated college, and this was probably the, the last generation where the, this was really the case, and I remember going through this, I, I graduated IU, and um, I, I remember having these discussions as an upperclassman, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to do radio? Do you want to do print? Or do you want to do TV? It was like three very separate categories. And so a lot of the people that wanted to do print, they they got uh, over to the J school, or if they weren't in the J school, maybe they did uh, IDS, the Indiana Daily Student. If you were radio, which is what I wanted to pursue, WIUS and the student radio station. If you were TV, you had IUS TV. But it was three very distinct teams, things. Now, I I love to write. I still write for the IBJ, if you want to check that out. Shameless plug. Um, But it, it was never really a thought of mine when I was 21 years old that, oh, I could, I can write and I could do radio or... Or I have to be able to write and do radio and do TV. Like that that never was a thing. That never crossed because there were three very distinct paths. And now you have this this group of of media people, because that's what they are now. I, I think there was a, a lot of this defensiveness from from people who are in radio or in TV or print or in the traditional media space to have people that didn't follow that path come into it and and carve a place out. And you hear people say, well, he's just a blogger. Like, I don't know if anybody uses that term anymore, but that was the old term, right? Oh, he's a blogger. Yeah, he's got a blog. It's not legitimate. He doesn't work for a paper or for a station or get a W-2 from anything like that, a traditional media place. He's a blogger. It's in his mom's basement and he's blogging. Remember, that used to be the thing. Help, some people still say that. And now guys like Destin, 
if you grind and you write and you podcast and you do video stuff and you go on YouTube and you've, you've got it on all these podcast outlets and you're on social media and you get your stuff out there and it's good and you're smart, people find it and you build your own audience and then you don't need this. You don't, you don't need someone else's platform. You're your own platform. And you can go other places and, and, you know, amplify your voice a little bit. But there are a lot of people doing great things. Scott Agnes with the Pacers on Substack. Like, he, he doesn't need a platform. He has an audience. People follow him. People read his stuff. So I'm thrilled for people like that. I've, I've never been. I've always been open to this whole thing. I, I've never been like, and, and I'm still on the younger end of things. I think this, the, the the blogger boy thing, I think is more for people in like their 50s and 60s that are that are really established, older media people that have been super defensive about it. I've always been open to it because I think it's great. The more the merrier to me. As many paths as possible uh, for people to do this. And I'm glad that people still want to do this because it's it's a tough business, but it's growing and evolving and, and changing. And so while a lot of things are going away and the old things that we love and we cherish, a lot of things that are new are exciting and, and different and fun and put an interesting spin on things. So I really love what Destin brings to the table there. So those are my five-minute Destin Adams and everyone else. New Age Media appreciation. Like I mentioned, we'll re-rack the headlines when we return. It's Indiana Sports Talk, Network Indiana. Finishing up hour number two of Indiana Sports Talk here on Network Indiana. Really appreciate you joining us. My name is Derek Schultz, filling in for Bob Lovell. Big headlines of the day, just a couple of days away from Colts training camp, and that's what we spent a lot of our time on so far tonight, talking with Destin Adams and talking Jonathan Taylor and the contract situation, and we'll get a little bit more into that with our buddy Jimmy Cook coming up in hour number three. I know that Eddie had mentioned Mike Chappell's report in his update about Anthony Richardson's contract. We know that Bryce Young has put pen to paper, the number one pick in the NFL draft earlier in the spring, signs a $37.9 million deal with the Panthers. Not as much as they used to get on rookie deals, and we were at least 10 years, probably almost might be pushing 15 years now, the rookie scale. Now that I think about it, I think Sam Bradford was the last guy to get the the non-rookie scale deal, but it's fully guaranteed. So regardless of what happens from here, basically 40 million bucks for Bryce Young and uh, a nice chunk of change for his signing bonus as he leads Frank Reich's New look Carolina Panthers. IndyCar in Iowa for a weekend twin bill. They will race tomorrow. They will race Sunday. So if anyone's going to catch Alex Pillow, time is of the essence. They're going to have to do it right now. Uh, I don't think it's happening, by the way. Pillow with an over two race lead right now in points. The good news for IndyCar is that this Iowa weekend, starting with High V last year, it's become one of the highlights of the year. Um, the sponsorship activation is insane. Hy-Vee is fully, fully on board and into it. And that's exactly what IndyCar needs. IndyCar needs more sponsors that are excited to be a part of IndyCar. And Hy-Vee has been just what the doctors ordered as far as that is concerned. So looking forward to that one. Um, and I know a lot of people here in Indy, a lot of uh, open-wheel fans, they, they make the drive. It's not that far. Um, Iowa and mid-Ohio, um, really the, the two 
pretty easy drives of the IndyCar schedule of the of the annual stops. Indiana Fever snapped an eight-game losing skid with a win over Washington the other night. Uh, they have a game on Sunday against Liberty as they get back on the road, but good to see the Fever get on the uh, winning side of the ledger after a long losing skid. Kind of like the Colts, it doesn't matter to me. Just show individual progress and, and work towards something, and that's what the Fever have done so far this year. They've been far more competitive They've been a, a much, much better basketball team this year than they've been uh, certainly last year in the last couple of years. And then uh, the Indy 11 women going for the W League Championship tomorrow when they host the NC Courage. Two o'clock. It's a double dip. Speaking of the IndyCar Twin Bill, Indy 11 women and Indy 11 men tomorrow at Michael Carey's Carroll Stadium. Tickets available at Indy11.com. Hour number two, our buddy Jimmy Cook. will keep the Yankees talk to a minimum because the Yankees don't deserve much oxygen right now. It's Indiana Sports Talk on Network Indiana.